And like you keeping me accountable to weight loss. I just yeah. feels like mm, slightly, I don't know, abusive. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to yet another Perk Fit podcast episode. Thank you. I'm still your host, Perk Fit. And I'm still an occasional co-host. You are the co-host. K-Fit. K-Fit. <laughs> <laughs> K-Fit. Yeah. K-Fit. If yes. you say it fast, it sounds kind of weird. Maybe. Sounds like K-Fed. Yeah. Are you going to do that? Are you going to no. start a fitness account? Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, why not? Um, well, because... It's too much work. Yeah, it can definitely be be some work. Mm-hmm. Kind of getting fatigued a bit mm. lately. What would help? What would help? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Not having to post every single day. More followers. Well, you don't have to. You I know. That. Uh, that's true. Um, Remember those quadrants that we were talking about? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about those quad- quadrants because... I have been listening to this audiobook um on my drive to work. It's called Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. And um he talked about the Eisenhower box. Mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, have you ever seen this? And you were like, Yeah. Actually I t- teach a class on that. So Yeah, I do. Why don't you f- why don't you fill us in on what that is exactly? <laughs> why don't you teach I mean us? it's just it's helping you prioritize better. So it's like a four square box. Like you would play as a kid, yeah. but on the left side, it's important is in the top mm-hmm. and then not important. And then on the top is urgent, not urgent. So a lot of people live in the, a lot of people live in the important and urgent things. And it's just like tasks you're constantly doing things that are like, you have to get done that are important to do. You have to do like paying bills, you know, responding to emails, deadlines, things like that. Yeah. Um, But ideally you want to live in the important but not urgent thing, which is a lot of like future planning, things that are actually important to you that if you, if you were to sit down and be like, what do I, what do I want to do? What do I want to make time for? It would be things that fall into that category. So just learning how to set up your life in a way that prioritizes things that are not urgent, but important because those are usually the relational things, the like long-term goals, investing, Mm -hmm. those sorts of things. And then the other ones like, uh, I don't know, not important, but urgent is like other people's demands on you. So that's, you know, the text messages you get all the time and people feel like they need an urgent response, but it's important to you, but it's actually not that important to me or not urgent to me right now. And so, yeah. You don't get a response on your time. You'll get one on my time when it's appropriate for me to respond to you. Um, and then the other one's the not urgent, not important, which is just time wasters. That's Netflix, video games. Yeah. Just things that aren't really doing anything, which sometimes are good, but too much of it is just not helpful. Sure. Okay, so I'll throw the the image up yeah. of this box. But... I understand all of that, everything that you just said. Um, I understand the box looking at it. I don't understand how to like put it into effect practically. Like I don't even know where to start. I mean, I would first 
identify the roles you want to play in your own life. <laughs> in, in what? In my life? Yeah, just like a theater and <clears throat> movies, okay. you know. No, like husband, dad, fitness coach, son, brother, whatever those roles are. And then identifying like goals you would want to hit in each of those different roles. And then okay. scheduling that versus trying to prioritize what's already on your schedule, scheduling mm -hmm. your priorities, and then everything else falling into line. Okay. That way. That's what I teach. So you start figuring out your role first? Yeah. We kind of jump right into this yeah. um, box thing. Yeah. Uh, but if Eisenhower, you know. Smart guy. If he could just crush it, he crushed it, everything. So yeah. maybe... I should start implementing this. I'll give you a whole <laughs> 90 minute class on it. Okay. A master class. All right. Well, I'll be attending the that. four quadrants. Okay. Well, we'll come back um, after I <laughs> get that class and debrief. Yeah. yeah. I won a raffle uh, uh, for a bottle of whiskey that's like really desirable. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> by who? By whiskey lovers oh. bourbon lovers i got a bottle of stag um that was a single barrel like store selection mm. that is like 141 proof which is like stupid high it's like they call it hazmat if it's that high it's like it's like almost it's like clean wounds yeah yeah you could definitely Surgery sanitize with yourself with it um yeah so we we cracked that open the other night but i won the 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 uh this lottery and the their Instagram page of the liquor store nice. did a video and this woman was pulling names out and she was like, Lori Perkins. <laughs> and I was like, here I come. <laughs> I'll, I'll be Lori. I'll be anybody. I'll be whoever you want me to be. If you can give me that bottle. Do you think we should name our next baby Lori? I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh. Lori. Yeah. Yeah. That's terrible. Oh, that's a terrible name. No. I don't like it. What if it's what if it's a boy like in um what's that movie we watch at Christmas? Oh, Little Women. Oh, Little Women, yeah. Yeah. And they call him Lori. His name is Lawrence. Sure. That's that, cute. I mean, that's cute if you're you know, obviously a young colonial seven, boy. <laughs> 18 18 19th century. Yeah. 18th century. Yeah. 17th century. Not this century. Not this one. Not cool in this century. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> Honestly, I think it could. I think that could come back if we named a kid Lawrence, and then his nickname Called was him Lori. Lori. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, they could make the name cool, I guess, but it doesn't feel Sorry. right. Yep, they thought I was Lori. I went down there. I had no issues. Oh, they had it an up. ID thank, or thank anything? God they did. I said, oh. "Hey, listen, close, but." <laughs> probably, it's probably my handwriting because I wrote my own name and my handwriting's terrible. So <laughs> I'm probably to blame, but yeah. I commented on their Instagram post as perfect. Like that's me. I'll be Lori. I'm right, coming so to pick it up. your blue check and everything. My blue check. <laughs> $15 a month blue check. Nice. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Is it worth it? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. I feel like it's only worth it to pay for it if you didn't already have one and you have more than like a hundred thousand followers. Yeah. That would be, I'd fall into that category. Yeah. Thanks. But I'm like someone like me who has like, <laughs> you know, yeah. 2000 maybe. It's, 
That's just like embarrassing. Sure. Yeah. That's so embarrassing. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I, you know, maybe they have dreams. Maybe, <laughs> I mean, they'll get there. Some, uh, I was at 3000 at one point, you know, like you'll get true, there. But you, you wouldn't have gotten a blue check at 3000. No, no, I wouldn't have done that. No, <laughs> you're right. A little too big for your britches at that point. <laughs> you know yeah, saying? that's, that's true. Maybe 50, you know, yeah. I'll give it to him. Okay. You'll allow that. Okay. Well, as always, we've gathered some questions. Um, do you want to just jump into them and see where we go? <laughs> sure. Let's do it. What's the difference between volume and intensity? Okay. So as far as training is concerned, volume is the amount of sets and reps that you're doing mm -hmm. of certain exercises. Um, and then the intensity is how hard you're pushing yourself during those sets and reps. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people use different ways to sort of scale intensity mm -hmm. or put a metric behind it. And I use it, what's called an RPE scale. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it stands for the rate of perceived exertion. And it's just basically a scale between one to 10, 10 being like complete failure. Mm -hmm. um, and so if I told a client, like you need to do this exercise at an RPE of nine, mm -hmm. that means they had one rep left in the tank before failure. Um, a lot of people will say, we'll just use RIR, which is reps in reserve. So then you're just talking about, oh, three reps in reserve, mm -hmm. two reps in reserve, one reps in, rep in reserve. That just means two reps before failure, one rep before failure. Mm -hmm. um, and then some people use just a percentage scale of their one rep max. If it's, you know, if it's a one of the main like compound movements for strength. What's a one rep max? What does that mean? One rep max means, let's say it's bench press. Mm -hmm. It's what you can do for one rep, like your max. Oh. It's like the maximum amount you could bench. That's what it means. So what about like where music is concerned? As far as volume? Versus intensity. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm qualified to answer that. Oh, well, I think I am. So <laughs> okay, I, volume me. would just be as loud, you know, yeah, loudness. Soft or loud. Intensity is just how intense it makes you feel. Oh, it makes you feel? Mm -hmm. Not how intense they're maybe playing or... I mean, could be, but I think the result is how intense you feel <laughs> okay. at the end of it. Okay. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah. So what do you, uh, what do you listen to that makes you feel, you know, like a 10 intensity? Oh, probably Can't like think of anything? Ludacris from 2009 or something. <laughs> Ludacris. <laughs> Ludacris is good. Um, that's great. That's yeah. a good answer. Thank you. Um, let's do another one. Um, okay, this is a good question that probably applies to most people. Um, exercise for those whose hands are one big and one small. Exercise for those who have one hand. Those whose hands are one big, one small. Okay, so do? their hand, one, so, so they're, hold on. They're saying that they have one big hand, one small one hand? One big, one small. What exercise? To make their hand bigger? No, just exercise. Hmm. One big, one small. I, I'm at a loss for words. I have some ideas. Okay, I'll let you answer this no one. No exercise on the for big the hand. Oh, no, on the, the big, big one. Lots of exercise for the on small, small hand. Yeah. <laughs> to get it caught up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a... Some unilateral movements, you know. 
I think that if this was anything <laughs> besides, you know, your hand, if it was any like actual muscle group, mm -hmm. that would be a fantastic answer. Yeah. But you can't, I don't think you can grow your hand. So, um, miracles. Have you ever seen the scary movie where the guy has one small hand? No, I don't watch scary movies. Well, it's a, it's a parody. It's just, yeah, I don't watch it. <laughs> you don't watch it don't watch or those. you haven't watched it you just don't i just don't watch you just won't stuff. watch it no way well i'll throw a clip up so you can see it yeah i mean i and he can a, picture the guy in my head but you know you've seen it i haven't seen it, it. Says, grab my strong hand no i don't watch it i made them by hand <laughs> so it could be him uh yeah it could be that guy wow yeah <clears throat> well that was definitely an instagram question mm. i think you answered it perfectly thank you how big of a role does genetics play in muscle growth? Um, it definitely plays a role. Um, I think if you're genetically um, cursed, mm, you know, small. you got a big hand and got a small hand. Mm. Um, I shouldn't say probably shouldn't say genetically cursed. <laughs> <laughs> and then talk about a disability. Yeah, probably don't um, say that. Okay, here's the bottom line. <laughs> so if you're disabled, you're fucked. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Genetics play a, a role for sure in, you know, your ability to build muscle and what, you know, those muscles look like when they're built up. But the thing is you can... You can certainly overcome genetics as far as um, there are ways that you can get around and, and get past the genetic like barrier. Mm -hmm. um, you just have to be strategic about it and you have to be serious and um, it sucks. So you have to work harder than other people, but I think that's just the case. Mm -hmm. um, now there's things like, you know, my ab genetics are atrocious. I just, my abs, I don't like my abs. I don't like the way they look. I can't do anything about that. You know, I can develop them. They're just going to look more like the way they look. So, um, and then I have like a four inch scar on my stomach too. So it's like, well, people can see it. If they just go to my page. <laughs> I don't have to prove it. Um, yeah. So, you know, as far as those things are concerned, like people complain about bad calf genetics mm -hmm. which is a thing but you can still grow your calves i mean it might be harder for you than than someone else but mm -hmm. it's still possible it plays a role you might have to work harder than someone else but it doesn't mean that you can't um get to the spot where you want to be mm -hmm. how many days should i train legs uh, do you want to take a stab at this and then i'll take it me yeah um yeah Okay, first you have to identify um, your roles. Okay. And then just do that. What's the role? What are um, their roles? How many roles you want to have on your legs? How many roles you want on your legs? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. How many days? You, two? Three? Depending on how big you want your legs? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing about legs. It's like your legs and your back are the biggest muscle groups on your body. Mm -hmm. So your legs as a muscle group is the biggest, and that means it takes the longest to recover from. Mm -hmm. So the smaller the muscle group is, the, the, the more quickly it can recover. Mm -hmm. um, and legs 
takes longer. But you can, I think, if you space it out properly, you do like 48 hours between leg days. I think you could do it three times a week. And I would say if you're really wanting to focus on an area that you feel is a weak point, then I would say absolutely do it three times a week. Make sure it's spaced out. Make sure you're recovered from it. You should be going into your next leg day with your legs still being sore, you know, and you should be able to bring that same intensity on day two and day three of the week that you brought on day one. You know what I mean? So that's how you kind of know that you're you're recovering from it. Um, but you you can do it. I think you just have to be strategic about the spacing, making sure you're able to recover. Recovery just isn't time between uh, the workouts, but it's it's also making sure you get enough sleep, making sure your diet is dialed. All those factors go into recovery. So three times a week as long as, you know, you're able to recover between those sessions. How many times do you do it? I do it once a week right now. Nice. Um, I was doing it twice a week and I rotated it out because I felt like I was kind of happy with where I got it to and focus on a different area now. And, but my leg days, my, my leg days are on Fridays Mm -hmm. and they are the most intense workout of the week. And it's like two hours of just like high intensity. I'm doing like, three super heavy compound movements of like either five sets or four sets on those three movements. And it's super intense. Like I'm going really heavy. Uh, and then I have a ton of other stuff that I hit on that same day. And I would not be able to hit legs again for like three days probably. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm getting all of that, all of my weekly volume in, in one day, which is a lot. Um, but I kind of enjoy doing it. Yeah. That way. What are some of your go-to meals? What What are some of my go-to meals? Mm. Uh, it depends on the season I'm in, I guess. Well, you eat seasonally? I eat seasonally. No, I just eat like the same thing for like six months. Mm-hmm. And then I, well, all of a sudden I'll wake up one day and I'll be like, I don't want this anymore. I know it's the worst. And then I go to the grocery store and I bought so much of something. You're like, oh, I don't need that anymore. I'm sorry. Okay. But at least it only happens once, like every six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just actually wrote out a couple of my favorite meals mm-hmm. and added them into um, my meal programming for clients. Nice. So I do have some like at the top of my mind. <clears throat> One of them is perk fit pancakes. <laughs> perk fit pancakes. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um I like to do waffles too. I like to do them as waffles too, but perk fit waffles doesn't sound as good as perk fit pancakes. So perk fit pancakes is a go-to staple. Um, when I'm usually when I'm, when I'm bulking or maintaining, I'll do that for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And that's a third cup mm-hmm. of egg whites. Help me out. Yeah. A third cup of cottage cheese, low fat cottage cheese, mm-hmm. a third cup of oats. rolled oats. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes I'll put like a half scoop of, the alpha lion. Um, I think it's called Hulk milk. Yuck. Yeah. It's like ice cream. It's like, I know it's a, like a vanilla ice cream flavor, which is great in pancakes. And then cut up some strawberries, mm-hmm. throw that over it, hit them with the, with the sugar free syrup. <laughs> now 
I will have to say this one thing about that. I grew up on a maple syrup farm. Yeah. And we had pancakes for dinner. We had pancakes for lunch and breakfast and every, for every meal. And <laughs> I had just like real syrup my whole life. I yeah. made the syrup. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think my dad would just disown me if he knew I was yeah. eating sugar-free maple it's not even syrup. I don't well, even I remember know what when it is. I met you, I, I was using not maple syrup and you were so like disgusted. Yeah. I was like, I'm so sorry. This is my family. Yeah. You know, you're putting my, my family out of work by wow. not eating. I guess I am now because I'm not oh, eating. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, sugar free maple syrup because mm. we're, we're trying to control the calories because there are so many calories in maple syrup. It's unreal. Um, and then if you, if you have to, if you must just a little bit of uh, monk fruit sweetener on top, <laughs> just cause it's like makes it a dessert. Even it kind of like brings up that sugar-free syrup mm. to like a level of sweetness. That's not comparable <laughs> to maple syrup, but it's closer. Yeah. And you're not getting the calories. Yeah. Um, perk fit pancakes. <laughs> and then I've been doing like top sirloin. Yeah. Lots of that. Lots of that. Um, I do that for lunch and dinner sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but every lunch is top sirloin, 250 grams of that, 165 grams of white rice, jasmine white rice from, from Trader Joe's, which <laughs> I'm not sponsored by Trader Joe's, but I'll say this. <laughs> but I'd like to be. That's I'd like to be. That's the best, like, microwavable rice, like, yeah. anywhere, from anywhere. It's true. If there's others out there, I'd like to know about it, but I don't think it can beat it. Um, add some coconut aminos, Mm -hmm. you know, cut up steak over rice, coconut aminos. And I usually do a banana with it to get some more carbs because that is my pre-workout meal. Not on it. No, (laughs) not on it. (laughs) Uh, separately. Um, and I always do like a Coke zero, like a mini can of Coke zero with that. That's my, that's my little like cheat, even though it's not a cheat, it feels like a cheat because it's like (laughs) such a treat for me. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I have other meals, but my dinner typically consists of something macro friendly that you made Yeah, because you're usually on it with that stuff. So those are the meals, um, join the program, coaching (laughs) program, and you can get all these recipes Yeah, for these really simple, (laughs) but macro friendly meals. What can you do to reset after overeating while on a cut? Um, well, I think a lot of us have been there or have done that Mm. probably. I think it's like, I have clients that will like, you know, it's like a confession, Mm. you know, and they'll just tell me, yeah, like last night I just went crazy. Like just cravings were too much and I just like ate so much (laughs) and I think the best advice I could give someone that has done that or is struggling with that is just, I I think the amount of shame that comes with that is what keeps, it's what derails people from Mm -hmm. their programs and in progress. And I mean, it could just be one time. One time is not going to, it's not going to derail your progress, but 
the guilt and like shame of that, if it's not dealt with, it just like sticks with you and you can't overcome it. You're just like consumed by it. And mm -hmm. you just think that either you think that, you know, all of your progress you've made so far has gone out the window because you spent one night overeating or indulging, which isn't the case. But <clears throat> like I said, it's, you start telling yourself that and mm -hmm. then it's hard. You're like, why would I even, why put the work in tomorrow if I'm just going to do the same thing again? So I think you have to just give yourself a little grace when that happens. Obviously, it can't be a reoccurring thing mm -hmm. or it will, in fact, derail you. Um, but I've seen too many times people, I think they just misunderstand and think that, you know, even a week of, of missing your meals, it's not great. I mean, it's going to delay you by a week probably. But it's not gonna. It's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. You have to just forgive yourself and try to climb out of that guilt and shame, and just say tomorrow's a brand new day. Yeah, I'm gonna just crush tomorrow and just focus on taking it one day at a time, and mm -hmm. focusing on one meal at a time, and reminding yourself like why you started this in the first place. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have that, then if you don't have a why, then yeah. It's going to be hard, especially if overeating is something that, you know, you struggle with already. So, mm -hmm. Can you give some advice for someone starting out as a fitness influencer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't buy a blue check. <laughs> don't buy a blue check. <laughs> um, I get this question a lot from, from people. I, I think the best advice I can give you is if you're serious about this, um, you have to be consistent. Mm -hmm. You have to post every day. And you have to post every day for a long time before you're going to see anything happen. Mm -hmm. And I know people that have tried and they'll do that for a couple months and then stop because it didn't work. I, I posted every day for like a year or a year and a half before like I even got to like, I don't know, 7,500 followers or something. So yeah. you have to, number one, you have to be consistent and commit to it. Like it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take a long time. Mm -hmm. And then number two, you have to offer people something of value. Yeah. Like it has to be educational. It has to be entertaining. It has to be done well or to the best of your ability. Like people have a large following that don't necessarily execute videos like well necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, but they're doing it to the best of their ability and they're being consistent. And I think there's gotta be something unique about you. So figure out what that is and maybe focus on that. What is periodization training? Um, uh, it's just like a, a big word for, um, you know, breaking your training program up into blocks or having blocks that you focus on. So, or phases. So in, for my clients, I would say that I do that. Um, I just call them phases. Mm -hmm. So we go from phase one to phase two to phase three, each phase is 12, 10 to 12 weeks long. Then we hit a deload week at the end of that phase. And that would be one period if we're talking periodization, which mm -hmm. people probably have heard it 
people talk about it in the fitness community. Um, it's essentially, you know, you're focusing in each block, you're focusing on something different, whether it's intensity, volume, um, or frequency. It's, it's being adjusted here and there <clears throat> kind of fine tune, um, in each block to try to maximize muscle growth for you, assuming that's your goal. Um, if it's not, then things can still be shifted around in each period to help you lose weight maybe. Um, but there's different techniques you can use. Um, but you're just essentially adjusting volume most likely mm. and workout selection and then the intensity. So your playlist. And then your playlist, yeah. adding a new playlist, yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, typically what happens is with a client, they'll go, oh, I want to lose 15 pounds or I want to lose 10 pounds. And so I'm like, all right, this is what we're going to do. The first block, we're focusing on fat loss. If they have weak points as far as, you know, their physique, we're going to focus on those a bit more. Um and get down to the weight they want to get to. And then we're going to take a deload week. And then in the next block, we're going to, in that deload week, we're going to assess where we're at and decide, do we want to just chill out at maintenance for a little bit before either continuing to cut more, depending on how they, how they made out in that phase, or we want to shift gears and move into a muscle building phase. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, depending on what their response is, we will, I'll design a new program. You know, we're switching the the selection of exercises in this new phase. So it's all new workouts. Mm -hmm. um, and then chances are it the volume's different and intensity's different, again, based on what their goals are. So um, periodization's just a way to train and you're breaking it up into blocks and focusing on certain aspects in those different blocks, basically. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, <coughs> I try to keep these short so people can listen to them when they're doing cardio. So, nice. and I think we might lose power if it keeps going like this. Yeah, that's true. It's really a lot of lightning. Out a lot there. of lightning. Um, yeah. So, any last thoughts? Any? Stay strong, boys. Stay strong, boys. Yeah. I have some females follow me. I mean, a, a few. They're probably just mostly like my friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I think it's like 4% or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's not many. No. Um, but I do have some female clients. Yeah. The percentage is higher. That's nice. You know, of clients than followers, nice. as far as females are concerned. What's this? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody asked me the other day if you... Um, made like workout plans for me or if we worked out together and I was like absolutely not <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> thanks yeah why do you think that is um because I like to be the expert sure okay <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you telling me what to do <laughs> yeah for sure I think it is kind of weird that would be weird for me I wouldn't like it either. yeah so no that's fine I wouldn't want you to be like tracking my weight yeah loss that would be weird that would be that'd be like and like you keeping me accountable to weight loss i just 
Yeah. Feels like mm, slightly, I don't know, abusive. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know? Yep. That will never happen. No. Um, but tell your friends I'll make them a workout plan. Yeah, I will. And I'll make you guys a workout plan. For if sure. you pay me enough money. <laughs> Fully customized <laughs> training meal program. Yeah. Uh, and on top of all of that, chat, chat access to me. Chat GPT. Chat GPT. With me. With me. <laughs> Just chat GPT <laughs> responding as me. Well, that's going to do it. I hope that it was entertaining, informational, or both. And uh, short enough that you could do it in a cardio session. Yeah. So you don't have to listen to an hour and 20-minute podcast. Yeah, that's way too long. I think so, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we will be back. Probably just answer more questions on the next one. Probably so. All right. Good night. This is a podcast where people do gym stuff and others do gym stuff too. <laughs>